Pearls. Or no, for that. Save on parking lot. Yeah, I just had several questions. Um, just some of the stuff I hear. I was actually curious what exactly is going on. It's like a, had a list of things. Okay. Um, I thought this was a like a hoax or a crank when I first read it. Um, Stats kind of wanting to do like you take, take all your banking info. Like I thought this was a hoax when I first read it. No. Um, so Stats Canada. Um, and it had not been for global news, it might have been quietly done. Um, had asked the government, they wanted to take, to start with half a million Canadians, individual transactions, private transactions. They, um, and the government was, is still supporting this the Liberal government. Uh, we are fighting it um, like crazy. It's completely wrong and people are outraged. So this, this isn't a focus, it's actually, it's actually trying it, to be implemented? Uh, yes, it's not. Um, why would how much, whether I go to Subway or I don't know, uh, Starbucks, like why would that matter? I agree. Like, like how do you form public policy based on that's my personal choices. Yeah, I, I am um, really, I mean, I believe that sometimes for the purposes of public safety, security, not banking yeah. data, but you know, there's times where government might need to violate someone's privacy with terms and conditions if they think terrorist attacks are happening. But for, you know, to know how many times yeah. I go to Costco, um, to know, yeah you know, that I went and had lunch, I find it, I don't care if they say they're anonymized. Um, yeah. If someone's doing something wrong, okay, get a warrant, look, to, I'm, I'm yeah, fine with that. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm actually outraged. And yeah. we, I, I think enough Canadians are outraged that all of a sudden, because yeah. the Liberals kept saying, oh, you know, you guys just don't believe in science. And we're like, are you kidding me? you know, you didn't care about the mandatory long-form census. And we said, well... But we, you watch that video that Global posted. They're doing this as an alternative to the long-form, so cancelling in 2010 would well, actually have been irrelevant. No, they're not. The, the long-form census is still going to happen. Yeah. This is... Anyway, the banks are going to take it to court, probably. Okay. Um, the, both the NDP and the Conservatives are... And Canadians are... Speaking of, but it's not a hoax. Okay, um, yeah, I thought that was originally. Um, there's something else I heard, there's a somewhere follow-up, something about 15 years worth of credit card data. 
they, any truth to that? So they went and they did take, you know how there's trans, there's two companies. Trans Equifax, Equifax yeah. yeah. They did um, get a bunch of credit card data from um, TransUnion, I think. TransUnion, not Equifax, TransUnion. The Privacy Commissioner is looking at all of this. So they, they went around the guy to do it? Um, they went, the Privacy Commissioner had no idea what the StatsCan, StatsCan has really broad powers, uh, but the Privacy Commissioner is looking yeah. into all this stuff. That's, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> you have a right to be concerned. Okay, this whole carbon tax thing, um, if, if one of, again, I'm not sure how reliable my info is. Something about going up to 50 bucks a ton in the next few years. The, um, the government's not willing to say that, but every single person that says if you're going to put a carbon tax in for it to work, it has to go up to, so they're going to move it up towards 50 bucks a ton. Yes. Carbon tax hides plant food, though. Like, like any grade 9 textbook will tell you that, like science book. Um, it's used in photosynthesis. Like, I can't think of, even if it was harmful, I don't see how actually taxing it. Okay, you say it's a harmful, okay, for the sake of argument. How does taxing it actually prevent that? Um, I, I don't see cause and effect I mean, here. I think there's sort of, and so again, um, our party says we do need to do things to reduce carbon emissions, but we are not going to put a, a carbon tax in. So that's the position our, our party takes. The, um, the Liberals say if we charge you, uh, I don't know, right now it's a buck thirty-five for a liter of gasoline. Um, they say if it's three bucks, then people are not going to drive as much. And so therefore they're changing well, behavior. Okay, that is technically true, yes. Um, I mean, and it's fine if you it's, live it's in Vancouver and you can hop on a Canada line. Yeah, yeah, it's technically true, but I'm not sure it's the right approach. In smaller towns, you'll kill them. And I lived in Dawson Creek for a while. It's, you hop across Alberta and Grand Prairie, and gas is like 20 cents a liter cheaper. Yeah. But we have a carbon tax here. They implemented it um, starting about a, a year and a half ago. Um, that it dis that or went higher. Uh, way back, Gordon Campbell yeah. put it in, yeah. but it's but been going up every year. But since Alberta did theirs, the twenty cent differential is pretty much non-existent anymore. Um, is there some legal way to stall this? Or I hear the premiers are doing their own stuff. So um, again, the the premiers and. Um, our leader, first of all, the premiers are taking Canada to court to say you're interfering in our yeah. jurisdiction. Um, what's going to change things is what happens in the next election. Uh, so either, you know, the and the, the Trudeau has said he's um, that this is the right thing to do to deal with climate change, and he's going to let Canadians decide in 2019. So unless the courts say different. It's going to be when people go to the yeah. polls. I know Ontario and Saskatchewan are posting their own challenges. Yeah. And New Brunswick just said they joined in. Okay, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. And I know Notley's leaving next year, but it's... 
her successor will probably fight it as well. Jason Kenney, if he wins, yes. Okay. Yeah, I just, um, there's another thing that came up that whole, and it sounds like another gun registry, that C-71. Yep. Is it like, is it a gun registry in all but the name? Um, in my opinion. Okay. Um, let me guess, uh, necessary for public safety. The, and they're also looking at a handgun ban. So we're actually in Hundred Mile House, that's out one of my colleagues. We're gonna do a, um, a community meeting about C-71 in Hundred Mile uh, on Saturday. But C-71 is really a backdoor gun registry. Um, I mean, the problem is, is I mean, the, the gangs in Toronto that get handguns mostly get them from the US smuggled. Yeah. Um, they don't buy them legally. The um, well, if you're going to shoot someone, does it really matter if the gun's legal or not? Well, I think, I mean, we do need some controls, but having oh, I, I'm if, being a bit sarcastic. Yeah, having a a backdoor registry, we already got rid of it, and having they want to have a handgun ban, which again we have people that are you know sports shooters or. Yeah. Because I'd heard, again, this might be basket case people talking, but doing a backdoor registry would allow for easier confiscation should the time come. Um, They're naturally suspicious people. C-71 is a backdoor registry. Okay. Um, Whether it goes any further than that, um, you know, there was concerns in High River with the floods, if you remember. Yeah, I heard something about the RCMP yeah. went in and just seized everything. Which I'm pretty sure that's breaking and and theft. Um, can that be challenged? The C71, or is that the Senate? Um, I think it's in the Senate, and again, a um, whether it's going to happen or not, it's 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 a well on its way. I mean, we have a majority government, and we have mostly. Senate appointees that are um, liberal-minded, and so it becomes tough to stop things unless people are really mad. Um, so if you look at those, there were some changes to the small business taxes over a year ago, and the small businesses were really mad, and the government backtracked. I wouldn't be, you know, they backtracked on McClintock's killer. They said she's yeah, and fine, but people were really mad, so they backtracked. Yeah. So. I know. I think you know when people are really. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they backtrack on the Stats yeah. Canada issue, because I think they're already starting to say, "Oh yeah. well, it's a pilot. Oh well, you know the Privacy yeah. Commissioner." So, so I think they know that they've overstepped. Yeah, but that, but the Canadian that Bankers Association, their guy is saying, "No, we're we're shocked. We thought this was just a general inquiry." And there's some there's some partial video posted on YouTube. Privacy commissioners saying, um, "No, I'm not really a legal expert. I just give general information." So he said it was misleading to claim that I signed off on this. They didn't. They didn't sign off. She had no idea the scope of what they were trying yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, I guess for that, the stats kind of thing. You can do statistical research with a sample size of one to two thousand people. Why do you need 500k? And 500k was the start. They were going to get a different 500k every six months. 
So after a couple of years, they would have million, millions. Million. Like even 10,000, you can do a very clear yeah. research. Yep. Again, I'm just assuming everything else for the sake of argument. Yep. So you, you know what? You're not wrong yeah. about all these issues. And you mentioned McClintock. Um, I have to be honest, this whole thing, it's not even so much that she got released. This whole, based on that Gladue rulings and IP leak, that based on race, a certain group will get lesser sentences. And it's in 718.2 of the criminal code. For Aboriginal offenders, all alternatives to prison must be considered. Was she, she wasn't an Aboriginal offender. She, she, she identified as one. Um, I got I to be frank, it, and this is in the criminal code, I looked it up, a race-based discount, like giving any, any group, regardless of the group, preferential treatment or lesser sentences strictly based on skin color or identified skin color, how is that not racism? I mean, I would have thought that equality is everyone gets treated the same. Like, and the Supreme Court signed off on this nonsense, so it's, is that not racism? Um, I think with this one, because the vast majority of way outruling the population size is, um, is, is indigenous in the jails, um, my argument is we need to fix things way before they get to the jails. But is it overrepresented because of some discrimination or is it overrepresented because, because of the primary? Because it, it makes, increased, per, yeah. per, you know, the perpetrators are. Um, so logically, if you're smart, could you not game the system simply by identifying and then getting out quick? It seems easy to abuse. See this one, I, I mean, your first number, I, I share your concerns. Yeah. Um, the We need to have, obviously, whatever we're doing is not working. So we need to have something that's going to work better. In my opinion, what we need to do is, I mean, people are heading down that path because uh, for a whole lot of reasons. But once you get to the stage where you're committing a crime, I think you're committing a crime. Yeah. Um, and the, the sentencing should be based. Well, the argument is that, et cetera, that the conditions in the reserves are so bad that it's basically third world conditions. Okay, I'll entertain that argument. How does giving people a lesser sentence based on skin color address any of those conditions? It's kind of the opposite of cause and effect. You don't eliminate the cause by removing the effect. Like, if you're gonna have different sentencing rules, then those underlying conditions will still not be addressed. It's Basically, sugar coating. Like, like, I can't believe this is even legal. Well, as you say, the Supreme Court. I mean, it's on to be, and it's it's a principle of it really. Like, if anything called for the notwithstanding clause to overturn, it'd be this. Because I think everyone should be treated the same, regardless of, you know, whatever race, religion, gender, so mm -hmm. on. But I don't hear anyone ever. I didn't hear anyone address that. Like, there's the outrage that she's getting out of prison, but nothing to do with the underlying reason as to how she was able to. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, 
um, I'm not sure that she actually even did identify as Indigenous because that facility does take non-Indigenous. So I don't know the details yeah. in terms of, is that why she ended up there? I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's why she ended up there. But it was clearly, um, again, wrong. Yes. The government who initially defended it um, pretty soon recognized, and as you saw last week, in spite of calling us ambulance chasers and all sorts of things. Um, yeah, that, that made the news. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're calling Lisa Ray because she's saying this is wrong. That if you're concerned about rehabilitation, find send her to one three months before she's ready to get out. And, not, not, and the not healing lodges, years. yeah, the healing lodges are meant to be places for people who are almost ready to go back into communities and to sort of be yeah. part of that adaptation back into She's got like 15 years to go, so it's, it's not exactly near. Yep. Uh, um, I guess next, it's actually something that, um, what's his name? Uh, Bernie brought up, is this actually true? Um, the whole thing having to do with like milk and chicken that, that prices are, that supply and prices are fixed? There is supply management for our dairy and others. Um, and this is where um, different countries support the agricultural industry in different ways. So we, for our dairy, we have supply management for our cattlemen. We have lots of different programs that support them. Um, so, and every country seems to have a different ways that they support their agricultural industry. So when the states say they go after us for supply management, yeah. you know, fair enough, but then, then you need to stop your supporting um, as the claim, and this is something that Trump said as well, that results in prices being doubled or tripled, and they keep because of the. It's higher. I don't know if it's doubled or tripled, but there the, um, the cost of eggs and cheese and poultry are higher, um, whereas you know in terms of how we support cattlemen, for example, it's not supply management, but. I mean, that's obviously coming out of your tax dollars, so it's not quite as direct but, in terms of how you see but the I, impact. I, but I can't understand how any conservative would support that, though, because it, it seems anti-free market. It seems a little confusing to me. But I thought that like everyone just trades freely and government stays out of it. That's how I understood it to be. I mean, I think, again, um, you need to, you know, Every country supports our agricultural industry. It's not totally free market anywhere. It's yeah. in spite of um, the supply management because it's so visible. It's yeah. a much more direct. You can see what's happening with supply management, whereas um, you know, with we'll say wheat, with cattle, with it's it's not as direct. So yeah. it's just less visible, but. Our agricultural industries, um, you know, conservatives support free market, but it's you know there are times when it's it's not like a hundred percent. And you know, Maxime, there's a lot of subsidies that he 
when he was industry minister, provided to a lot of different companies in spite of, um, and he was the industry minister, so. I see. Um, and actually, I have family in Toronto, so I'm kind of wondering about this. Tor um, Toronto being used as basically a open-ended refugee center um, from people coming from Minnesota and New York. There's people coming in. Um, it, they are abusing Canada's um, generosity in our system. Don't tell me that someone from New York. We have something called the Safe Country Agreement, whereby people have to claim refugees. Asylum in the first country, yeah. yeah. Um, they're abusing it by crossing at a non-legal border crossing. And uh, I think there was about 15,000 last year. I have to check the action. Because I've heard something that upwards of thirty to 40,000 at this point. Total. Total. Um, they are then getting moved into Toronto. They are being put up in hotels. So, so the Conservatives um, have said that we need to close the safe country loophole. You've got a Liberal majority. So yeah. whether, you know, no matter what Maxime says or what the Conservatives say, um, they will head down the path that they're going to head until either people are so mad at them that they backtrack or there's another election. Um, you know, my concern with Maxime is he's just going to give Justin Trudeau another shot at winning, and he says that's just fine. Well, if you think that's fine, then that's a problem. Okay. So even if you close the border, what about the forty thousand or so who are already here? So they I, I, are they going to be deported? They will have their hearing. So so the forty thousand that are already here, um, we used to have a a rapid response process. So Jason Kenney brought in a process whereby if you come in from a safe country, there was a whole lot less steps in terms of the hearing that you had for to be a refugee. So it was basically boom hearing back. Um, the Liberals got rid of that bill that was early on and they sort of reinstated this multi-step refugee process. So they basically backtracked in terms of what we did. So what we planned to do, Michelle Rempel, is we would close the safe country loophole so that if you, you cross, you get sent right back because it is a safe country but to New York. Second, um, we would need to restart that legislation that was changed whereby if you come in from a safe country, like if people come in, you know, from California and claim refugee status, it used to be they had the rights to, you know, this whole step. And we just said, no, you have a hearing, you quickly determine if you're, so. We well, got, if you're coming into the U.S. on a tourist visa and then coming, if you're in New York or Minnesota, and those are the two big points, that seems completely fraudulent. Like it, it is, it is. And my honest response is, screw the hearings, just deport them. Um, if, like, if you close the safe country loophole, yes, yeah. you could do that. You could do that. If the safe country loophole, because what they're doing is they are coming in and claiming refugee status here, they have to do it there in, in the U.S. If they come through a legitimate border crossing and claim refugee status, then 
by law you have to give them the process so we had an expedited process and what percentage of people like, a percentage of claims like Paul Parker accepted versus rejected I'd have to check I'd have to check Cause but, but you know we sort of say there's people um, who are true refugees that need support from Canadians not people crossing the border and jumping the queue but, you, but hypothetically, if you won, would you just, everyone who snuck across, would you just deport them en masse? If they came, th if we closed the loophole? I mean, everyone already here. Everyone already here would have to have, you couldn't do it. The courts wouldn't let you do it. That you'd have to, you could give them a facilitated, a quick, the quicker process, but you couldn't give them the process, the ones that are here. Even By law, the, your courts would shut you down. Even if it, were expedited, even if you're... You, you'd have to have at least the expedited process for the people that are here. Because they're in the country, the courts, you'd never, you'd be shut down. Could you use notwithstanding clause to do this, to... Um, what is it, section 33 of the charter? Uh, if you had, it would have to be legislation, it, you'd have to have legislation that's a good question. There might be a possibility. Okay, hypothetically, even if you make the whole border uh, entry point, that doesn't deal with... No, that's what the... Um, if they can... If you make the whole border an entry point, then they can't claim asylum status right. here. They have to go back. Um, so then you can just send them back. The people that are here, and I'm not a lawyer, but the people that are here have claimed asylum. It's under the rules of the day when they entered, and I think they would have to have at least an expedited process, the people that are here. Even if it completely violates the third country agreement, or third, third safe country agreement? Um, well, it, the ones that are in don't, so we, you, don't, you can't go retroactive, typically. So, the whole border becomes port of entry. Anyone that comes across goes right back. Those that are here under the legislation and the safe country agreement that was in place, I'm not sure that you could, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, so if these hearings would ever take a few years, what exactly do you do in the meantime with them? So number one, you can have legislation to expedite, yeah. which we have. And that is something that should be done to expedite the hearings of the, for the people that are here. Because I mean, like it, it just seems so completely wrong to for every, anyone who would come illegal and go through all those hoops to just say, oh, screw it, I'm walking across. Like it, yep. it rewards the wrong stuff. So it's, um, wow. And there's this other thing which, Again, I thought it was a, ho a hoax when I first read about it. UN Global Migration Compact, expected to be signed on December 10th. Is this a reality or? Um, it is. It's not legally binding. Um, it, so it is not, so it's not like a UN convention or it's not legally binding, but it is, um, it is real, and it is something that um, we 
current government, from my understanding, is intending to sign. And I know Rampal has a bunch of videos online. She did about a 20-minute piece on this, and I'll be completely frank. It looks like she talks in circles to avoid giving an answer as to whether or not conservatives support this. Like, that's the most honest answer I can give. She goes on for, like, a huge video. I haven't seen the video, so. But she doesn't clearly say, like, you cannot get an answer. I mean, you guys support Canada her? will never give up our sovereignty to any United Nations pact. Because that's, reading the text, it seems to be exactly what it is. And section, I think it's section 17 of it, this, this actually sounds like a little propaganda, like, we should blah, 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 and use this wording, this language, and this sounds like promoting propaganda. I know that, I, or at least I understand, so um, the Immigration Committee of Canada's Parliament is doing a whole um, look at this particular pack, and I'm not sure if they've started or they're doing it right now, and they're bringing in, um, so I'm not sure where that's going to end up. Sometimes you end up, like my focuses on my files. So I'm not sure what the committee's doing currently. So, so I've tried to get a hold of Ramble several times. I can't get my messages returned. Yeah. And the notion that this is a go ahead and she's not screaming bloody murder about it, it's okay to actually oppose it. Like that's, like the idea of giving up, the so like. I mean, we're never gonna give up our sovereignty. I mean, I think in the current NAFTA agreement, we've given up sovereignty that we never should have given up. If you look at the NAFTA agreement that they've just concluded, there's, there's some huge concerns around sovereignty within that particular piece of legislation. Um, we have to protect our sovereignty. Yeah, but like, I don't hear any real objections from you guys. Like, it's, I know Bernie put that um, petition out nine, 1905, I think. Um, have you guys put out anything similar? I'd have to check again on that. Okay, so does your party oppose it? Like the migration compact? Um, so I think we're gonna do this study because I think um, you get in expert witnesses and then like, you know, it's fine for Maxine to sort of just jump up and oh, I oppose this and um, to be a populist, but I think you need to look at it, you need to hear from the experts, and then you say, this is a huge concern, we're not going to support it, or we look at it. So I don't know the answer to that yet. I think they are looking at it um, in, in terms of having expert witnesses come to committee and say, what is this going to mean? Um, uh, so who would these expert witnesses be? Whether it be a... I'm not, look, at, go to the committee notes, yeah. as I say, I'm focused on a whole bunch of pieces of legislation yeah. that I have to deal with right but now. But I've so tried to, your, your immigration critic won't return my messages, so you're, to be frank, yeah. you're the next best option. And it's, the fact that I don't hear any word from you guys, that kind of, it, it makes me wonder. Like, it really does. Um, I think she's clearly said Canada will never support anything that gives up our sovereignty if this is not binding in law. Like the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, we, when it came to the House, uh, we said, listen, it's a good aspirational document, but it's not something we're going to turn into Canada, Canadian law. 
it's a declaration, it's not a convention, um, and it's not a, so we can say this is, whereas the current government wants to turn that into Canadian law. So the, this global thing is, is not, it's not legally binding. It's not something where we would ever look at giving up our sovereignty on. So, so let's look at what they're saying. In it. Trump has said no. Austria said no. Hungary said no. Italy, Poland, Czech Republic, Croatia. And Canada right now is saying yes to the Trudeau government. But and there's also um, I've also looked on the UN websites and has this is related now it has to do with that so-called caravan coming through the South Americas. They're in Mexico now, they're trying to yeah. demand entry. Their spokespeople say, and I'm quoting them, it's that all migrants must be respected and have their wishes, like, to paraphrase it, it's regardless of their status, their claims have to be heard out. And these are people not even in the U.S., but want demanding access to and demanding hearings heard. And you go through, and the way I read the UN stuff, it looks like they don't actually respect national sovereignty. So, why would we even consider any kind of compact, even if it's non-binding? Why would we even consider anything with the UN? Um, there's lots of things I disagree with the UN, and I think there was huge issues with the UN. I mean, you look at some of their human rights. Um, you know, their Security Council, their women's rights, their human rights. Um, yeah, their human their human rights co committee is made up of people who don't believe in human rights. The same with their Women's Equality Council. So, so the UN has huge problems. There's no question. Um, so, Mich I think Michelle is doing her due diligence on this. Um, she's not going to in the same sense of the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, we said, we can accept this as a, a, an aspirational document. We do not support this in Canadian law. So it's, it's something that, that was Canada's position on that, the UN Declaration. Um, the Liberals have said, we are going to take this document that was never meant to be transposed into Canadian law and transpose it into Canadian law, which is going to create huge, huge issues. So I think, you know, there's one thing to have some compassion for true refugees, and I think okay. we need to have compassion for true refugees with some principles around sovereignty, decision-making, and I, as I say, I'm waiting for Michelle to, they're going to do their process and um, I mean the government is going to go ahead and do whatever they do, but Canada will be um, in the next election. I think there will be clarity around the different parties' positions. Well, look at, okay, well I, like I said, I still don't really know what yours, what your party's is. like. Well, so that's one yeah. that, yeah. you know, in the same sense that our environmental platform is not out. Because um, I've been on your website, I don't actually see a platform. We don't need to. It's not the, it's the year to the next election. So the things will get rolled out at, at you know, there's some things in terms of that have been rolled yeah. out already, and there's other things that are going to get rolled out closer so, to the election time. So look at some of the other parties. Um, okay, the Liberals have their thing, that's more platitudes. Um, 
Bernie has a platform, libertarians have a platform, like, like a detailed one. Um, what's it say? Uh, Nationalist Party does. I'm not sure I agree with some of their stuff, but they have a platform out. So they have stuff like listed yeah. listed the entire time. So it's so as I mean, obviously you can't head into 2019 without a platform. Um, but is you know do um, right now our job, we're the official opposition, is to hold the current government to account for the things that it's doing. We have the party policies. So we had our convention, we have all our party policies, we have, you know, a number of things that have been traditionally things that we've supported over time. You know, Andrew just rolled out something last week in terms of safe communities. We've rolled stuff out in terms of Trans Mountain. Um, and, you know, when it's time for Canadians to be making a decision in 2019, then it's, there'll be more specifics in terms of whether it's immigration, whether it's, Indigenous issues, whether it's environment, whether it's gangs and crimes. Uh -huh. um, and one more thing about that compact. Um, reading through them, some of the stuff and some of the clauses in there look really great on paper, but you stop to think. The there's I forget the number on it, but there's a thing that all like tradition, like traditions and culture should be respected with, with regards to migration. And call me a redneck for saying this, but there are some cultures and traditions that absolutely do not belong in Canada. Like Fe female genital mutilation, yeah. um, honor killings, honor killings, any like anything really Sharia law, um, stoning gays for simply being gay. Mm -hmm. um, part of the text that I'd read in the compact, the with the accepting cultures as they are, it's. Does that not water down the home society by insisting in any and everything be treated the same? Because I don't think dis like discrimination against discrimination against women is a legitimate reality in many countries. I don't think just because it's a cultural practice somewhere else it should ever be accepted here simply because it's I, a cultural practice. I agree. And. That's the same. The FGM was another really yeah. good example. I mean, we've said a few. But it wasn't the whole idea of multiculturalism that all cultures are just as valid as each other. Like, isn't that the whole premise? Um, I think that we, I mean, Canada's had things in its past that is unacceptable in terms of some of our um, cultures. So the. Um, I think there are values, there's rules of law, there's, um, that is expected. And I can remember when, um, again, when the, yeah, Jason Kenney was doing the new immigration guide, it was talking about, you know, people that come to Canada, here are our values, here are, you know, the things that we expect you to. Yeah, I remember something on the news a few years back, um, it's offensive to call honor killings barbaric, something like that. Is a big thing in like 2012 or 2013. Well, that's what we call yeah. the barbaric. And Trudeau got offended by that. Yeah. So which offends you more? Like the notion that it's calling it barbaric or the fact that it happens altogether? It's, I mean, I would think the practice would be far worse. Um, well, if this UN thing, even like a water, even if, even if a watered down version of it goes ahead, then like, 
So like what's like what's to stop like the same things from I know it's not you say it's, it's non-binding but like very incompatible ideas from being pushed simply under the guise of well this is acceptance this is tolerance. Well, I think tolerance, as you talked about, is um, you know the LGB community. To be, I mean, look at what some cultures do in terms of. Yeah. Um, I mean that's, but there's things that are clearly illegal. They're wrong. They're unrelated to our values, um, and they're not okay. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's like I do, But I, but if this thing goes ahead, it's. At least from what I'm reading, what from what I'm hearing, it's all of the actual values and tradition would be watered down in favor of acceptance, like because it that whole migration compact phase places a huge emphasis on just acceptance, which I guess on paper sounds good, but I kind of wonder where it's heading. So I, I like that I I understand that Trudeau supports it. I mean I'm. He's a globalist, which I, ex but the fact that I don't hear anything from you guys or from the NDP, it's, that's what really makes me wonder. Because you guys, you guys should be screaming your head off about that. I think um, there are things to scream your head off about, which are things like what what is happening, which is. Um, you know, McClintock, which is Stats Canada taking your your private data, which is, you know, the, the water and the people, the refugees coming across and, you know, getting put up in hotels when they're not really refugees, they're jumping queues. Um, you know, a non-binding UN document is not something um, that I think we need to be screaming about right now. I mean, we need to say, what is this? And, and come up with a position, but, but to sit there, I think, um, you know, there'll come a time when there's going to be a position, but we've got lots of things that we need to be holding yeah. this government to account for. Yeah. But this, this one's going to be passed unless it's like signed, but it's going to be signed, but it's not binding yeah. in our country. It's, it's just another ridiculous, so it's, I don't see, I see there's other issues that, um, mm. you know, if it's question period or whatever that we need to be focused on as opposed to a non-binding UN document that's sort of a... Well, I've seen, I've seen question period both provincially and federally and um, the term gong show comes to mind. Like it's, it's insulting, it's rude, it's just generally just... Like I've seen six-year-olds who act like it's everyone doing it. I've I've seen six-year-olds who act better. Like it's no matter who the government of the day is, it's just being evasive. It's um, cheap shots at each other. Like I don't see any actual again. It's regardless of who's in power, it's, I don't see any actual meaningful discussion. Um, McClintock um, would probably still be in that healing lodge if we didn't have question periods. Um, and you might not perceive, you know, you might look at the questions, you might look at the answers, but don't think that um, every single question, even though they might evade it in terms of answering. Oh, I see. I see lots of evasion. Like it's... yeah, but but 
the the ministers and the minister staffs and the um, the departments they might not answer it in question period but you can bet like there can be a question um, I don't know Edfast had one about an, an issue and you can bet that the ministers coming up after saying tell me more about this so you might not see the effectiveness but as they say McClintock could still be sitting in the healing lodge if it wasn't for question period. The small business tax changes would have just gone ahead had it not been, so it might not be a satisfying process, but it's it's a process that does, um, the government pays attention to. By contrast, I've seen several Senate hearings and they're incredibly civil. Like it's night and day between the House and the Senate. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're incredibly dull and dry, yes, but it's incredibly civil. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, whereas I watch the House, both provincial and in Ontario too, and I used to live there. It's no matter who the government of the day is, it's all the same, like catcalling and being evasive. It's and just pot shots at each other, which almost makes you wonder what's the point. It's and it's all parties. It's not any particular one. And you've been in office, so I'm sure you've experienced a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And I also experience committees where it's very civil and people are trying to get things done and and debates in the house whether it's medical assistance and dying or where it's it's civil and it's it's thoughtful um, and yeah question yeah. period is forty five minutes of uh, but anyway yeah. I to say yes I guess one last thing that M one o three thing that I think they call it what a, the blasphemy bill or the um, blasphemy. Uh, Ingrid Catlett, yes. Um, it was a motion. It was a motion. It wasn't a bill. Yeah. Um, so if I bring up legitimate criticisms of Islam, am I committing Islamophobia? Um, no. Like if I mentioned it quite factually, they've killed hundreds of millions of people. It, they pushed gays off roofs. Yeah. Um, it was a motion. It was. Um, it's, European Court of Human Rights actually upheld Austria's right to fine people for criticizing Islam. Though. I don't want to see that coming here. Because there's some lady who got fined 500 euros for calling Muhammad a pedophile. So I'm not sure if you're still any better or worse after our conversation.